also say my voice is horrible, so it's just an allergy time of the year for me. Um, there, you know, as I joke, I swallowed frogs earlier, so um, if you can, if you can manage to uh, to hear through it, that's great. Um, Luke chapter fourteen, we're going to be starting with verse seven uh, and reading through uh, to verse uh, or verse twenty-four. Uh, Luke chapter fourteen, beginning with verse seven. Hear the word of God. Now he, that is Jesus, told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir... What you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. The grass withers, uh, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord uh, endures forever. I pray that it would be among us. Uh, all these stories that Jesus tells here in this passage, and there's a few of them, relate to invitations. Sometimes we love getting invitations, excited, something new, uh, something, something that we're, uh, we're, we're welcome at. Um, sometimes we hate not being invited. It's like we were left out or excluded. And sometimes it's just another uh, invitation to Farmville on Facebook, and you finally have to go to your computer and say, how do I change the setting so that I don't get these notifications anymore? Um, 
But as we look at these invitations, let me remind you that Jesus uh, gives really strange invitations. Uh, maybe not what we expect. A few, verses, a few chapters earlier in Luke, Luke 5, uh, Jesus says it this way, speaking broadly of the purpose that he's come for and the invitation that he gives. He says, I've not come to call, I, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So if you're a righteous, good, moral person, um, Jesus doesn't want you. He didn't, he didn't come for you. Um, Jesus came for those who are broken, who are, who are needy, who are, uh, he came for the mess ups, the moral failures, and the, and the rebels. Uh, that's, that's all of us. Um, and Jesus is saying that to expose us, that if we're, we're going to come and listen to his invitation, we have to listen to it as realizing that, that it exposes our weakness, it exposes our need. That we don't come saying, yes, Jesus, I'm the righteous person that you came for. Here I am, and I've, I'm welcome into, into your kingdom. Uh, but he says, I've come to call not the righteous, uh, but sinners, the weak, the broken, uh, the rebels, uh, to repentance. Because it's only by accepting the invitation to admit our brokenness, our mistakes, our sins, our offenses against God. It's only by accepting that invitation to admit our brokenness and need that we can be admitted into his kingdom. That's through our repentance. Kind of a strange way of giving an invitation. Don't usually put that on your, you know, birthday card. Uh, everyone who's lonely and depressed and doesn't really have any friends is welcome to come to my birthday party. Um, but, but Jesus gives maybe that sort of invitation. We, we tend to think of invitations far differently, whether it's, uh, you know, all the hoopla that can go into wedding invitations. And there's, you know, whole industries uh, that are around that. I remember going through, like, booklets and booklets of trying to, you know, find these things. I think we still have our wedding invitation framed you know, somewhere, because you feel like you put so much work into what this, what this thing is that, that goes out. Uh, whether it's Facebook invitations, don't usually describe, um, you know, romantic invitations, dating that way. We don't usually describe it as an invitation. But if you're, if you're asking someone on a date or you receive, uh, you know, an invitation to go on a date with someone, there's, there's a, there's a lot. usually there's a lot of interest or excitement there. Other times you're figuring, trying to figure out the awkwardness of how do I respond to, uh, to this thing. Um, even when it's just talking with a friend about what's going on this weekend um, and you're talking freely and you just have an understanding that what they're doing, they're hoping you'll come along with too or what you're doing, uh, they're welcome out and it just feels good. Because um, whether we like it or not, somehow uh, uh, invitations speak of, speak of relationship. Uh, they speak at times of status, of recognition, acknowledgement. Uh, it speaks to who matters. How much they matter it speaks of who gets in. Sometimes it speaks of who's uh, not even on the list. In this passage, uh, the, the occasion is that Jesus was invited to a party. He was invited to a banquet, a feast. Uh, early in the chapter, it says at the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees. So Jesus is there at this uh, at this event, at this uh, celebration. Uh, but as Jesus is there, he seems to have uh, a, a different event on his mind. Uh, maybe if you're at a wedding, you start thinking about maybe what you would like your wedding to be like, or you wonder about other things that you've been at. Uh, Jesus, as he is, is there at this occasion, he seems to have a different banquet in mind. The, the kingdom banquet that scripture uh, talks about at the, at the glorious end, or he seems to have his own uh, wedding invitation, wedding celebration in mind uh, with his church, 
his bride, who he invites in the fullness of intimate communion with himself, who he's given himself uh, to call his own. Just a, just a couple of passages uh, that, that describe this feast or this celebration in Scripture. Uh, one from Isaiah, Isaiah 25, uh, looks, looks forward to this and describes it this way. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth for the Lord has spoken. And it goes on to speak of their rejoicing and joy and gladness that he is their salvation. It's an awesome feast. Uh, there's, there's every reason for celebration. Uh, or again in Revelation 19, uh, speaks of a great crowd going, uh, hearing the voice like a, like a roar saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. It's described Jesus as the Lamb who has slain his sacrifice for his people. The marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready goes on to say, how blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so as Jesus is at this party, the things that he says relate to this much bigger uh, occasion and event and the invitations uh, into his kingdom, uh, into that eternal uh, celebration of God together with his people reconciled through the blood of Christ. As we look at this, I just want to encourage you to ask yourself, how, how do these stories that Jesus has given you help you? How do, they, how do these stories help you think about Jesus' invitation to us, uh, the invitation of the gospel? How do these stories help us think about Jesus' invitation to us and particularly how we respond to it? So first of all, then looking at it in terms of positioning is what Jesus sees as he's at this event. Um, uh, the first parable Jesus uh, tells us is because he is watching everyone there essentially just jockeying for position, right? Um, and if you've ever watched a uh, horse race, uh, that's why I love the expression jockeying for position. <laughs> so you got all these guys like riding along, like trying to try to edge their way in, a little bit ahead, timing it just right to maneuver so that there you are uh, in the front. And sometimes you're stuck behind someone else and you're just frustrated with it, right? Or you get, there's a sense where they're trying, they're, they walk into the room, maybe you've been to a banquet, there's like tables and you're not sure where you're supposed to sit. They didn't do the assigned seats and you start looking at the room and you're like, do we know anyone here? Uh, what tables are open? Are there seats open? Is there a seat somewhere where I know people where I'm going to be, be okay and your eyes are just uh, scanning around? Um, and hopefully like you get there before someone else gets there. There's like one seat left. You're like, oh, oh get, get there. Um, in some senses, even when you come into RUF, there's a sense where you're trying to figure out, okay, who am I talking to? Where am I going to sit? Am I sitting with the people that I, that I know well or who's, uh, who's sitting with me? We just, we just have these things uh, in view of it. Maybe when you go into your class. Are you like a front row person? You're always, see, no one's on the front row tonight. Sometimes the music team is stuck having to be on the front row. I mean, you go in the class, are you the front row person? You're there, you need to be able to see it or pay attention to the professor. Sit in the back corner near the door. You got your computer open in the back of the big lecture hall so you can Facebook chat with friends or whatever else you got uh, going on. 
Um, or is it just the particular group that if there's a group project, you're hoping you sit next to these people because they get pretty good grades and, and you're watching for where it matters. There's a sense where we, we do. There's a little bit of jockeying up for position that we're pretty familiar with. Uh, sometimes it's talked about more as social climbing. Um, sometimes that's political maneuvering. Uh, sometimes that's just us trying to cover our insecurity, figuring out a place uh, to fit. In verse uh, 7, Jesus says he noticed uh, how they chose places of honor. Everyone is looking to get the, the best place, something that honors them and lets other people know their importance and how they matter. It's kind of a funny story then that Jesus tells to them in the middle of their like rushing to get the best seats and he notices he's like, I've got a story for all of you to think about as you try to find your places this, this afternoon, right? Um, and uh, it's kind of a funny story. Part, if, you, if you like awkwardness, then the story's hilarious because uh, the awkwardness is just as palpable. You can, you can feel it. It's like you, uh, you can't really watch, but you can't really turn away. Uh, if you're there, you kind of like are watching out of the corner of your eye. You're trying not to laugh, but then you're also feeling bad for them. Because here's someone, and they've, you know, he says, he describes the situation. If you imagine if one person going in, they see, they see a good spot open. Here's, here's a place of honor near the host, and they go, and they, they feel like they know this person. So they sit down, and they're like, man, we did, we did well. Look, we've got the view. Everyone else can see where we are. This is going to be great. Smug and proud uh, there, and then the until the host comes up and says, "What are you doing here? Why are why are you sitting way up here? This person that I have with me is a close friend, a distinguished guest, and they need to be closer. And there's not other seats, so um, you need to stand up and give your place to this person." Um, and you get uh, maybe different than how we normally describe the walk of shame, but you still have a you still have a walk of shame here. Uh, the way it describes it, right, this, uh, you, you, you'll, you'll get up and begin uh, in shame uh, to walk to the lowest place and, and be shamed in front of everyone who saw the host come over to you and say no, and now you're like head hang low, stumbling into the back corner, and you get and feel like you're not really wanted there uh, at all. Um, <clears throat> instead, Jesus encourages the opposite. Sit at the lowest place. Stop trying to aim for the place of honor and just, just sit somewhere. Sit somewhere where you're not even trying to gain any honor. And if you're close to the host, he's going to come over and say to you, friend, what are you doing over here? I want you close to me. Come, let me escort you in front of everyone uh, to this place over here near me because I want to be able to catch up. We want to be able to talk. And you, you're kind of like, oh, I'm sitting way down here and I actually matter. I'm wanted. Uh, this is... This is good. Everyone hears that. It's this reversal of shame and honor. Um, some of you I heard talk about the Luke Bryan concert uh, recently, uh, last weekend. If you, if you imagine if after the first song, you're there at the concert, uh, after the first song, uh, Luke Bryan kind of points over at someone, maybe a couple people, and he's like, no, you, you are not true fans. Uh, you're, you weren't even singing along in the in this song. You shouldn't be this far up. Security, come over here and take them to the back, right? I mean, you can imagine if you were those people, like how you just, what? I don't even want to be here anymore. This is horrible. That's the kind of shame that Jesus is talking about here. Or then, if after the third song, he 
he calls out, you know, seat numbers way in the back and, and calls by name the people that are there and says, hey, I know you're big fans. You've been following my Twitter account and sharing these things. I want you to come up and fill these seats that are right up here in the front. You're like, really? Luke Bryan just said my name and I get to go all the way up to the front. Um, gives you maybe just a little bit of sense of this is the, the picture that Jesus is describing while they're there and trying to choose the place for honor. And listen, Jesus isn't uh, teaching us about successful party maneuvers. <laughs> you want to make sure you don't get shamed. And next party, you're going to get moved up. This is the way to do it, to look really good. He's teaching us about the kingdom of God. Uh, the kingdom of God that really reverses our conceptions of shame and honor. That's opposite of what we experience at most of our social events. Jesus sums it up for us. Everyone who exalts himself. And God's kingdom will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. It's a complete reversal of what we aim. But it's kind of weird. Jesus is just trying to confuse us. He likes to say weird things, keep people inviting him to parties, so like he's this interesting guest that they have. Why does he say, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted? Why does he encourage us to take uh, the, 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 the lowest place at the table? Because there's something in it essential to the kingdom, essential to the gospel, essential about how we relate uh, to Jesus. This is that, that recognizing our need, uh, recognizing our unworthiness is essential to coming into the kingdom. Uh, we don't come going, Jesus, I'm going to be such an asset to these things. We come going, I can't do it. I'm not enough. I can't make myself acceptable enough. My life isn't worthwhile enough even for me and much less to meet uh, the fullness of God's standard. I'm broken and I need someone to stand in my place and rescue me. And God has done that in his son. Uh, that we can't get to a high enough place and we need Jesus in our place. Because what did Jesus do? But humble himself. Uh, he who, who was God uh, came in the, in the form of man and humbled himself in obedience even to the point of death on the cross, uh, taking the blame for our wrongs. And Jesus who humbled himself is now exalted. And he invites into his kingdom. He invites into his kingdom the lowly, the broken, the needy. The, the disobedient, the rebels, the, uh, the moral failures like us. But he's done enough for you to have a seat and even to have a place of honor in the household of God. Imagine Jesus being the one that would come over and say to you, friend, why are you so far over here? I move up higher and sit closer uh, to me uh, because we know one another. Because I love you and I want you closer to me. What does it look like, though, to give up kind of jockeying for position? Uh, and that's the friends that you find or trying to find a different group of friends or more friends. Maybe that, maybe that just has to do with what you post on, on Facebook or Instagram or what have you and what kind of image uh, you're trying to cast. Um, maybe it has to do with the chasing the successful career or more money or more uh, the, the newest things. Sometimes it even just looks like trying to be the better Christian, uh, more religious, more knowledgeable, more devoted, um, 
or something. I, I think of it in the, um, for those of you who might have come from a Christian school, maybe you saw this in middle school. There's like people are stuck at the back of the line. And then what always happens, like some odd reason, Christian middle schools, is, is people are like jockeying for position to get the last place in line. Yeah, because Jesus said the thing about the last will be first and the first will be last. You're like, no, no, I'm going to be last. No, no, I'm going to be. And you're like, oh, you've missed it. Right? Um, but, th- but there's plenty of ways where, where we miss it. And we, we look at it that way. We're trying to, oh, get this place of service because then I'll be more important if, if I'm the one who's found this. It's not about what we can do for ourselves. Thankfully, because it looks really weird to watch those horse jockeys like trying to get up to the front. It's not about how well or how fast we can ride or what position we can get to. It's about what we've done, but what Christ has done for us and admitting our need for him. That we would sit down at the low place that he, we would allow him to be the one who brings us closer. Parable starts with these things taking place at this feast, but then he goes and speaks more about how you get to those feasts, how you get to that party or that event, uh, that banquet to start with. So moving from the first point of positioning, uh, secondly, to, to connections, where you see rethinking repayment. Um, we often see parties or weddings and social events as there's a, it's a great way of making connections. Oh, like I would love for you to come and hang out at the res because I'd love for you all to be more connected with one another. And let's, let's do things together. That's, that's great. Um, but, but even what you know, the, the old saying is, um, it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. We're talking about business fraternity, making these connections and things that can, can be helpful to us. But even when we're not just trying to move up in, uh, in business, we're always concerned. It's the question I always give, you know, like, here's this event going on, or what's going on this weekend? Like, what do you ask next? Like, oh, we're having this party. Oh, yeah, who's going to be there? <laughs> like, we're kind of watching. Like, oh, who's, who's going to be there? Is it because if it's the person that you have a crush on is going to be there? Oh, I, might, I, might, I might show up. Oh, I'm not going to play uh, if the person that you recently broke up with and there's a lot of difficulty and hardship is going to be there, like, uh, yeah, I'll see, if I, I'll see if I can make it. You're like, no, I've got to find something else to do. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I just remember this, these other things. You're, it, it, it's, not, it's not happening. We're looking at it just for those, those connections. And, and Jesus, as he speaks to the host of the party, he's got some very interesting, strange, odd, weird, and unexpected advice uh, for who you should invite to your party. <laughs> Uh, you, you just imagine this. So here's these people. This is the guy who's hosting the party. And Jesus says, let me tell you who, sh- who you should invite. It's kind of awkward anyway. And then he says, don't invite your friends. What? Like, what's the point of having a party if you're not inviting uh, your friends, the people that you enjoy uh, being with? Um, no, no, don't. Uh, don't invite your friends. Not only that, um, don't invite your family or your relatives. Uh, or, or your rich neighbors, he goes on to say. Um, uh, I mean, especially if you think of this, he's talked earlier about the context of a wedding, if that's still in view here. Can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't invite your family to your wedding? Um, no, they're, just, they're not even invited. And of course you're going to invite the rich neighbor, at least send them the invitation, so they send you a present along with it, right? That's the courtesy of it. Uh, wonderful thing, the way we've got things uh, working, working for us. And Jesus is saying, uh, no. Um, and if that's not enough, he says it this way. Let me tell you who to invite. If you're throwing a big, lavish festival, a feast like this, then instead go and invite the poor. Invite the crippled. Invite the lame. Uh, invite the, the blind. I mean, really, for your, uh, maybe for your wedding, 
uh, or, or even just for the, for the next big, awesome party that you want to go to that you're going to throw, for the next, uh, where you're going to have uh, food and music and decorations and the, and the works, um, then only invite people from the nursing home and the hospital and the shelter. Uh, go print out the invitations and have the Facebook things down to the people in the shelter and be like, hey, Saturday night over at my place, we're having this big bonfire cookout whole thing going. We're going to be roasting a pig. There's going to be all kind of stuff. Uh, I want all of you to come to the shelter. And if any of you want to come with me, next stop is, is uh, Todd's Memorial Hospital. There's some people up there that aren't walking very well. There's difficulties. Uh, and we're going to invite all of them. And once we go from there, we're going out to Westminster Oaks or one of the other nursing homes and said, hey, uh, we, old people are having trouble getting around. We want you all to come to this party. I don't know any of you, but it's going to be great. It's kind of awesome, but really weird. Uh, and not how you normally uh, invite uh, to parties what you think about doing. Why is Jesus talking about this? What does he bring out? His concern that he's focusing on, this particularly in the society, fairly much true uh, as well today, but his concern is for repayment. Why are you doing it? Uh, what's going on? Why are you throwing this party? He exposes, uh, well, I don't know what it's called, the, uh, the expectation of reciprocation, right? I did something for you, so you should do something for me. I got you a birthday. I came to your birthday party. Of course, you're going to come to my birthday party. Uh, this, is, this is how these things uh, work. He exposes this, this concern for us to get something out of it. And so what he's doing is exposing often all just self-focused concern, uh, self-serving and self-benefiting motives. Inviting your friends, inviting relatives, inviting important people because you're hoping to connect with them. Because uh, you're going to get something out of it, whether just the fun of the occasion or, or more that they'll invite you to other things. That, uh, knowing that they'll likely invite you to the next event that they're doing. I feel like they, they owe you something. The poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind don't do anything for you. Probably makes the whole party a little bit more difficult uh, to make it to make it workable for, for all those people and it not be uh, dangerous. They're giving you, they cannot repay, the passage says. And, and typically, we're more concerned with the present, with the, with the short-sighted future. If I'm going to invite these people to see what I, and because I'm going to get something back from them. And what does Jesus say it? No, you're blessed when you don't get anything back for them because you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. He says, stop being so concerned for the moment of now and what you can get for yourself and look instead to God's kingdom in the long term to let him be the one who takes care of you. Instead of looking for how you can use your invitations and status and position to gain more and more benefit from others for yourself in the moment. Christ's kingdom is not a self-serving, uh, but rather it is giving to those who can't get for themselves. Right? Jesus' suffering and death is for those who can't make a place for themselves, who can't uh, earn enough, they, who lack righteousness. And Jesus doesn't invite you into his kingdom because you can contribute something, because you can repay uh, Jesus, um, but because you're needy, because you have nothing to offer, and he's gracious. And speaks of his mercy and love. Uh, Jesus doesn't invite you because your presence gives his party more status. Uh, he invites you to share in the magnitude of being in his presence. But being welcomed there, known there, and loved there. 
I don't know if you remember your third grade uh, birthday party. I probably don't remember mine, but, but I, I always imagine them going. Uh, third grade parties often look a little bit like this. You know, your parents are like, okay, we're going to plan out this party. Well, who do you want to be in your party? And so you're in third grade. You're like, well, I want my friends to be in your party. They're like, right, but we need to send out invitations. Like, who do you want to be in your party? And so you start just naming all the people in your class because that's who you know because you're in third grade. And so you're just listing off all the names in your class. And you're thinking about how you want your friends to be there and be celebrating you. And you're going through the names on the list. And then you're like, you think of someone that you don't really want there. And you're like, but not that person. Right? I don't want, I don't want Jamie to be there. Um, but, but then you just keep going. You're like, but I'd like this person, this person, like everyone else in the class. And, of course, your mom or your dad is like, okay, we can't just invite everyone else in the class and not invite this person. And you're upset. You have that early angst with your parents who just don't understand and how does, how does this thing work or what's your, it's your birthday party. Um, but, but they're not allowing you to be just that uh, exclusive in it. Um, Jesus keeps invited the unwanted outcast. Um, Jesus, language of the passage even, particularly invites only the unwanted outcast to the eternal feast. That know that they don't have a place unless he should welcome them, unless he should bring them. And he calls his followers to the same behavior. And who we associate and who matters to us and how we love and treat and serve others. Is it consistent with Jesus' kingdom? His invitations to us uh, that we may have received. From positioning to connections, then you have the longer story at the end of the passage uh, that I would describe as as pertaining to a lot of excuses for these invitations. (laughs) Sometimes you get invitations that for one reason or another, you just have to refuse. The mark, the mark the unable to attend, regretfully, always, right? It's always, I'm sorry, I wish I could be there. And sometimes, sometimes you're really not able to. Uh, other times it's very convenient to say that you're not able to because uh, you very quickly can find something else that you plan or that was important. Maybe, they're, maybe you're just not interested or maybe there really are other important things that are, that are going on. Um, and and there, then this kind of awkward to have to reply and say no. Especially like, so maybe like avoid the person that invited you because you don't want to have that face-to-face conversation of like, yeah, I'm not actually coming to your party, but thanks. I really hope you have a good, you're like trying to make sure it's not offensive. And even when you like really can't be there, but there's just that awkwardness of trying to turn them down because you know, they've put in a lot of effort, you know, it's meaningful to them. Um, Even when, before that conversation, you think about how to state it without offense, but always we have all kinds of things flowing into our minds of all the excuses that we can give. Is this a good excuse? No, maybe I should say that one. This is probably a better way of saying, sorry, I, I, can't, I can't make it. We're used to excuses. And in this next parable that Jesus talks about in 15 to 23, all the invited guests start making excuses. Um, all alike, the passage says, began to make excuses. They're, they're not going to show up. Um, uh, but, but first, let's back up a little bit for where this parable comes from. Um, but because... Uh, <clears throat> You see in verse 15, uh, the, the statement, and I, I picture this, at least as I read the scene, maybe I'm wrong here, uh, but this outburst in, in verse 15, I picture it's kind of the drunk uncle. Uh, if you've seen the, the skit of the, the drunk uncle at the, uh, at the party, who maybe he's had a little bit too much, he hears Jesus talking about these things, and he's just like, 
Blessed is everyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. You're like, okay. Where, 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 where are we going with that? All right, all right someone help, help him out here. Um, what, what do we do with that statement? It's, it's a very true statement. Yes, it's an amazing blessing to eat in the kingdom of God. It speaks of, uh, speaks of God's love and privilege and eternal uh, security. So, so yes, he, he's right, but also uh, seems to misunderstand a lot of things. He seems to be assuming that good religious Jews are the ones who invited and who will get to eat there. Um, but also seems in Jesus' estimation to be very poorly understood. So he tells this parable. And he tells this parable to bring out how much we don't act on the truth of that outburst. As much as we would all affirm, yes, blessed are those who eat in the kingdom of God. Absolutely, that's, that's, that's high, high things indeed. Uh, instead of acting on that, we tend to make lots of excuses, or at least lots of excuses are made. So lots of preparation has been, been made, Jesus says, for this large banquet, and many uh, are invited. The guests are told long beforehand, and now as the day uh, draws near and everything uh, is ready, he sends out the servant to say, it's time for the party, come on, we're, we're inviting you, things are ready, uh, come on over. And everyone begins making these excuses, and I don't know what you think of the excuses, but... I mean, they at least sound fairly legitimate. Um, yeah, I'm not saying they shouldn't still want to be there, but we get the list of like, well, he's got, what was it, a field that he uh, feels he buys, a, a yoke of oxen, um, the other man's uh, married. There's, just, there's business transactions. I would love to be there, but I have to work. I would love to be there, but I got myself into this uh, deal, and I've got to go up and inspect the product of this property that I'm going to buy uh, before we close on the house next week, and they set up the thing then. We generally go, oh, man, I hate that you can't come, but I get it. Um, I don't think the guy's just saying he has a wife, so he can't go, go anywhere anymore. But it seems to be recently married. Like, you're not going to break off your honeymoon to make sure that you attend, uh, attend some event. Sounds like legitimate excuses, so what's the issue? But it, it seems that they're treating this invitation as kind of routine, as normal. Um, yeah, that, that in their mind, these things that they have to do are outweighing uh, the, the invitation to this. But Jesus is speaking about an invitation to the kingdom banquet to eat bread uh, with God from him. Uh, it's kind of showing that the more their daily obligations have, have already become more important to them. Or maybe to put it this way, I think we can relate to, that the, that the good things that they already have outweigh, in their mind, the benefit that's being offered. I've already got something good going on this weekend. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I've already got these things that I'm really working on, but, but thanks anyway. And the kingdom of God is not ordinary. Uh, Christ is offering himself. He's offering fellowship with God for us. He's offering all blessings. All life found in here. And maybe uh, the fact that sometimes you'd like to live it up a little bit more uh, in college shouldn't cause you to just excuse yourself from the invitation. Or the, or the idea that you're doing fairly well and making it all right and behaving morally like a, like a good Christian is a poor excuse, too. Instead, in this great reversal, uh, the uninvited are the ones who get included and show up and get to join in the celebration. And those are who were who invited are the ones who are excluded. And again, the, the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind 
I get to sit feasting and eating bread in the kingdom of God because it's a glorious celebration that they're finding needs fulfilled uh, in Christ uh, for them. The needy and the typically overlooked are the ones who respond and attend. And they recognize that maybe sometimes we fail to. They recognize that they don't have a better option. And this is good. And this is the best. The servant comes back. He says, we've brought in uh, the people from uh, the shelter and the nursing homes. And, and they're all uh, here in the hospital. And still there's room. And he says, well, that my house may be filled. I go out uh, to the highways and find random strangers that just happen to be passing by. And invite them into my banquet because I want to share it with them. Looks in part to the full inclusion of the Gentiles, not just the expectations of the the Jews at the time. Uh, But it shows the extent of God's offer to us. Uh, How openly and welcomely he extends his love and mercy. Not to those who even knew that he was putting on a banquet. They're invited and welcomed into the riches beyond measure. So it's the extent of God's offer to us, uh, to this campus, to many uh, random passers-by on your way to class or on their way uh, to their apartment, that God's extent goes inviting to the bread of eternal blessing with him. And we can always come up with good-sounding excuses. To fill the awkwardness of declining someone's invitation because we're skilled at it because we've had to practice it. When the call is one that invites to eternal blessing, uh, every excuse turns up short. Uh, though when the, when the call is one to repentance, of admitting our need and associating with the crippled, the lame, the blind, and the stranger that we didn't even know that happened to uh, pass by or show up, when the calls to repentance and acknowledging our need, there's, there's many excuses that quickly fly into our head to offer up. But we're really okay, but thanks. Listen, Jesus makes his invitation clear. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I've come to call sinners to repentance, to, to freely admit it, acknowledge it, and come to me because I, he is here to fill our needs. He has done so. Uh, his life and his death for us. And it's an invitation that looks for a response. I typically just non-committal. You send me a Facebook event, I'll just not, I'll, I'll not reply. I'll look at it, maybe, maybe I'll come. Maybe, but I'm not even going to say maybe or yes or no, just the non-committal. Uh, non-committal doesn't, doesn't really help here. It's an invitation that, that looks for a response. But it's an invitation that also changes the way you live. Uh, it changes the way you party, the way you feast, the way you banquet, the way you celebrate. It changes what you aim for. It changes who you associate with. But it's an invitation, though, that welcomes uh, freely broken mortal failures and welcomes them into the fullness of love. And Jesus tells us these stories uh, to tell us about himself, to tell us about the invitation that he extends to tell us, to remind us about the way that we often respond to invitations, looking for position, uh, looking for uh, connections, or looking for excuses. Uh, But he reminds us of his invitation, what's offered, that he would extend himself uh, for us to be brought in. 